times, please stay back behind the yellow line. Like for the bus to pull in, it won't move unless you're all behind the line. And a kid yelled out, the lizard's behind the line, like not behind the line. <laughs> and they're like, it's going to hit the lizard. And so everyone else is like, oh my gosh, get the lizard. And so my little clipboard, I like scoot it back so that it's behind the yellow line so the bus can move in. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast. And this week, we are excited to welcome back one of our favorite guests, Rebecca, to the show. Rebecca and Sam are also on a podcast together called The Plus Platoon, talking all things Disney Plus. So if any of you are Disney Plus fans out there, you can head over and watch them on The Plus Platoon together. I know I do every week. But we're excited to welcome Rebecca to our show this evening to talk about the college program. So welcome, Rebecca. Hi, how are you doing today? Good. We're so excited to chat with you as always. And as Brian said, I get to I get to see you every Wednesday for Plus Platoon. And so it's nice to get to see you on a different day and chat about the college program, something we've been wanting to talk to you about for a while. Yeah, it's literally one of my favorite things to talk about. It was such a life changing experience for me. So I'm really excited to kind of dive into all the details with people who don't know because everyone I talk to about it is people that I know. And and so they've already heard everything that there is to know about it. So I'm really excited. Well, we always like to start our show with uh, Disney backgrounds, Rebecca. And so we'll deep dive into the college program. But what's your history with the parks and the cruise line and that sort of stuff? I used to live in Texas. I lived there for the, the last 10 years. It was one of the things that we always went to the parks every year. It's a big trip for me and my family. Even when I was super young, we lived in Wisconsin and we would make the drive all the way from Madison, Wisconsin, all the way down to Orlando every year, just because it was one of those, it's just one of those vacations we had to go on. And that was ever since I was little, we've recreated photos at Epcot and Magic Kingdom and stuff. And then, so every year we always went to the parks. Moving into Texas, it was a little bit different because we now had my brother and he is um, autistic. He's on the spectrum. And so, with him, trying to get him to go every year was a little overwhelming because he is very hypersensitive and you know to sounds and things that he gets overwhelmed very easily. But the magic gets renewed every time we go because he was so enthralled by all of the things that you could do there. My first cruise, I actually took in 2019. And it was the first Disney cruise I had ever been on. And it was about two weeks right before everything closed and shut down. And so we went on a five-night Bahamian cruise. We went to Castaway and Nassau. We didn't get off <laughs> at any of the <laughs> other ports, but we went, we went to Castaway. And it was, it was really amazing. I got to go with someone who's been on 10 cruises, and I wouldn't have wanted to do that experience with anybody else. So everything before the college program was a once-a-year trip. And now you live just outside of Orlando, is that right? Yeah, we live in Davenport now, which is about 25 minutes on a on a good day maybe 40 on a on a bad day with traffic because of i4 <laughs> but yeah it's it's amazing to see the difference of i used to rope drop every morning every park because we're only here for 5 days and we had to get as much as we can out of it to now okay well if we show up at like 11 o'clock and you know, mosey on through we don't have to ride everything cuz we can go once a month twice a month you know just drive over there whenever we want well, and you're both your your DVC members as well, right? Yeah, and so he's able to book almost every long weekend in the year for us. I know a lot of DVC members will spend a lot of their points on 
two-week vacations or 10-day split-stay vacations and stuff like that. Well, we just like to go four or five nights. Okay, so now let's let's uh, switch gears and talk about our, our main topic, which is the Disney World College program. I know there's a college program at Disneyland and Disney World. We know you did the one at Disney World. Why don't you tell our listeners what is the college program? Yeah, so the college program, it's basically a paid internship that you can come between six to nine months out of the year to work at Disney World. They offer a variety of roles like merchandise, attractions, cast members. You can work as a lifeguard. You can do um, even things like characters and character attendance and stuff. It's really a wide range of, of opportunities available. For me, it was I was really looking forward to it because I knew a lot of my friends who had done it. I didn't even know that it really had existed until I had seen one of the girls that I went to high school with do it her first year that she was in college. And so I saw all of her stuff on Instagram and Snapchat. And I was so jealous, like, because I had been going to Disney World every year, it was one of those, how cool would it be to literally live there? And so I was, I was like, oh, I guess I'll go in and apply. And the first semester that I applied, I didn't really pay much attention to it. I kind of sent out my application and didn't really hear back till four months later when they were like, sorry, you're not accepted. And I was like, okay, whatever. I wasn't, wasn't even looking forward to it at that point. And then after my second year, I had finished my associate's degree and I was like, I'm going to apply again. And so I applied again. Within about a week, I was going through the interview process and then was accepted mid-March and got to move out two months later. So it was really fun. Is this, I know you get paid, do you get college credit also? So there's two things. You can get college credit for it if the college you're applying from sees it as necessity towards your degree. I And, it, and it's based on your role too. So I was graduating from a an associate's degree at community college. And so I didn't really apply for college credit. But they had given me that opportunity that if I was accepted into a role that applied towards my education major, I could use that as as credits toward, towards my degree. Um, and then they also have classes that you can take while you're at Disney. So they have Disney University, which is basically where you do all of your training. Um, it's not an actual college, but they basically have your training classes there and you go through this thing called Traditions, which is your welcome to Disney courses and stuff like that. Um, but they do offer courses there like leadership classes and time management and money management classes that they offer there that you can also, if your college accepts it, allow it to use for college credits as well. Gotcha. I imagine that there are probably some folks who are doing for example, a degree in hospitality or something or hotel management. And if they go into a role at one of the um, one of the resorts that their university might accept credit. Right, right. So that's so if you wanted to, I actually know a person who did the college program with me. They are part of um, I don't know exactly their major, but they're in the transportation industry. They work with, you know, engineering and, and detailings for buses and different cars and stuff like that. And so their role that we all had that I can get into later was working with the transportation. And so they got to use and, and literally write theses and get stuff from their leaders and, you know, interviews and stuff like that, that they were actually able to send back to their college and, and to get credit for it. Before we get to your role, let's talk about what kind of planning you had to do. You're coming from Texas at this point, right? And you're moving to Orlando. What kind of planning you had to do and what were the sort of the options available to you or the options that you were considering for where to live? 
Disney provided four different apartment complexes that you could live at. I lived in one called Vista Way. Vista Way was the one that was offered to all the international students as well as the bus hub for people who didn't have cars. I was one of those people. I did not have my car with me. And so I relied on either my coworkers to take me to and from work or the bus transportation that offered at that time. Vista Way was also the one that they had secluded from everything else. So there were the other three that were very close together. And then Vista was like across a major highway, like across 535. So we lived right around the Disney Springs area and they had different housing types. So you could live in a four bedroom, four person apartment. You could live in a two bedroom, four person. They had a three bedroom, six person apartment. Basically, all of those ranged in how much rent you paid each week. So me and the girls that I opted to room with decided to go with a two-bedroom, four-person apartment. So I shared a room with someone through my entire college program, and she's still one of my best friends till today. So I shared a room with her, we shared a bathroom, and then the other two girls shared their room and their bathroom, and then we had a, a kitchen, a full kitchen, and a full living room that we all shared together. So to figure out who I was going to live with, we obviously had a lot of Facebook groups. And so there were Facebook groups per arrival date that when whichever one you were coming, you would do it in. And they would, they had this like huge list of stuff that you would fill out. It was like your name, your date, when you're coming, what's your role? How do you, are you a messy person? Do you snore? What type of food dietary restrictions do you have? Do you like pets? What's your favorite movie? And then there's all these things just so you could kind of figure out who's going to be the best fit for living with because you're with this person for a very long time and you're sharing communal spaces together and sharing a bedroom for some if you opt for what you opted for Mm -hmm. you're going to be sharing a bedroom yeah yeah exactly all right so let's switch gears to roles so tell us I, i know you you cast a wide net on what role you were willing to do because you really wanted to get into the program it sounds like that probably was a strategic decision Tell us what role you got chosen for and what did it entail? So my role was called a bus greeter and I had literally never heard of it before. <laughs> this is like our retirement job for Disney Cruise. I want to be the, I want to be the yeah. old person who's just got the big Mickey hand. Who's like waving to the cruise line buses as they leave MCO. Like that's what I want. That's my aspires to retirement job. Yeah. Or that, or that great person who gets to stand out on the balcony with the big Mickey hand as the ship pulls away and just wave. I'm like. Except I want to be on the ship, so that might be a problem. (laughs) Yeah. And so my job, my title is a bus creator. I didn't even remember putting it on my application. I was like, it's just one of those, you know, people probably don't know. I don't know anybody who knew what it was. So I'm asking all these people, like, what's a bus creator? Like, what do they do? No idea. So I finally had met someone through Facebook who had done the role the semester before me. And so she was able to give me all the details about it. But basically what happened is... My shift every single day was from 6.45 in the morning until 12.45 in the afternoon. Every single day, it never changed. And I would work six days a week doing that. And what I did is I would start in Epcot. We'd have our little breakout meeting in the morning. And then each day I would go to a different resort on property. Now this could be a DPC resort. This could be some of the moderates, the values. This was Fort Wilderness. I mean, it was literally anywhere on property. And I would basically sit at the bus stops of those resorts and track the buses. So I had my little pad, my little iPad, and my little pen and paper. And I would sit there, I had my walkie-talkie, my phone. I looked really nice. 
sitting there on the bus stops. Like I know what I'm doing. Um, and I would just track the buses every time that they came. I would say, okay, this bus number is here at this time. My responsibility was to make sure that they were running on an every 20 minute or less schedule. And if they weren't to call the hub where they would either send an extra bus, tell me when the next one's going to be. And I would basically just guest manage as people are trying to get to the resorts for the opening days. I was also responsible for where's the closest bathroom? How do I get to the lobby? Where is this restaurant in said resort? So I answered just a lot of general guest questions. And I was also responsible for, if anything were to happen, guest recovery, handing out fast passes for the day or free tickets to for movies or for shows or meals, merchandise, basically just making sure that everyone is is taken care of there. It required me to know a lot about each resort. Yeah. I imagine if you're going to multiple, I mean, there's a lot of resorts on property. And if somebody's asking you where uh, the bathroom, you could probably learn pretty quickly, but every restaurant at every resort, like how do you remember all of that? Yeah. So I know one, one morning I had a guest who was at all-star music. And she was like, I'm trying to get to the boardwalk. And so in your mind, you have to think, what's the quickest way to get there? If I send them on a bus to the Epcot, they're going to have to either go into Epcot because you get to the boardwalk area back at the International Gateway, or I have to send them on a bus to Hollywood Studios to walk that way. But basically, all of our transfers happened at at the parks and not at different resorts. And so I had to, to know a lot of those What's the closest? How do you get to Caribbean Beach? I don't know what the closest park is. You know, at that time, I had no idea what the closest park was. And I'd be like, okay, well, if you're staying at the All-Stars, just go to Animal Kingdom. It's right there. Quickly get into the line for Caribbean Beach and head over that way. Um, but then, yeah, people come up to me. I'm, I'm sitting at Polynesian. How do I get to Cape May? I don't know what that is. I, I know, like, I, that's such an inside, <laughs> you know, restaurant. And I'm like, I... I don't know. And so basically in our little iPads, they had these books. I was like each, re- it had each resort and like what restaurants they hold. And so I would, you know, I could ask what resort is that in or, you know, something like that. Or they just like, Oh, I don't, I have this reservation for Tatria. How do I get over there? And I'm like, uh, beats me. If you could tell me what that is, I might be able to help you more. As I, you know, went through six months in, seven months in, I'm like a professional, you know, going back and forth, like how to get everywhere. And even now to this day, I'm like, mm, you don't, you, we don't want to ride the bus here at this resort because there's four stops inside of it. And we're at the last one. We're not going to get on, you know, like I, I take very high pride in knowing all of, all of the bus transportation around the parks and stuff, but so you're great for strategizing then. What's the quickest way to get someplace? Because it sounds like you spent nine months doing that. I, I did. Literally from from May of 2019 up until January of 2020, I spent just traveling around the parks. And I constantly was at different ones. You know, I have my favorites and I have my least favorites of, of which ones I like to work at. Um, and it's funny that I, I know all of the ins and outs of, of all the transportation, you get to the point to where you understand the monorail routes and the boats and stuff like that and where are the quickest walkways and everything. And it doesn't really change even after all this COVID stuff, you know, it, it hasn't really changed and what's the easiest way to get from place to place and stuff. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Tell us what was your favorite assignment when you were working and maybe then contrast with what was your, what was your least favorite assignment? Yeah. So my my favorite resort that I got to work at, 
is very much a toss-up between the Yacht Club and Fort Wilderness. The Yacht Club was amazing because you only had to worry about Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom buses while you were there. Guests that were going to Epcot or Hollywood Studios for that day would just walk, take an Uber or something because they're right there. We didn't offer, or the boats, you know, because we did not offer bus transportation there because of the proximity to the parks, to those two parks specifically. And so only having to worry about Magic Kingdom or Animal Kingdom really took the load off of a lot less guest management and, you know, guest recovery and stuff like that. I also loved it because Yacht and Beach share a, a, they share buses or they used to when I did the program. And so the Yacht Club was always the first one. And if buses filled up at Yacht Club, they did not go to Beach Club. (laughs) <laughs> and so at Beach Club, you had to do a lot more stress, especially for Magic Kingdom. <laughs> you had to do a lot more stressing about making sure that there were buses going to Beach Club. But if you're at Yacht Club, you just, everybody gets on, you know, you know, your load zone's empty and you can just enjoy, you know, wait another 20 minutes till the next one comes. So right. really you don't love- have unha- unhappy customers like you do at Beach. <laughs> exactly. And then Fort Wilderness was really great because they had an internal bus system that they do as well as the ones that go into the parks. So there were constantly bus drivers at the load zones helping me with like guest recovery. And they have a lot more say talking to the people who worked at the different hubs for each of the parks of, hey, this bus is running late or hey, this one you know, didn't show up on time or this one went full. We have still people waiting here than I did. I was just some, some college program student who's like, crying, hey, can you please send another bus? I have two wheelchairs and three people in ECVs and you know, I just need to get them on the bus and they, you know, they can't show up and versus the bus driver who's like, Hey, bus two seven eight six went full, we need you to send another one this way and stuff and wasn't really a lot of work to do while you were there except keeping the time. And so I really loved working at, at those places. My least favorite, and I'm not even afraid to say this, um, is Saratoga. The spot that we worked at at Saratoga was, of course, the last stop inside that that resort has a multiple stop bus pickup area. And the only way to get out of that resort for the buses was to drive by full, not stopping, screaming Magic Kingdom on the front. And so you're constantly, what, that that bus didn't even stop. What are we, what, what, is it going to come back? Is it turning around? And I'm like, no. It's not. And and you've got to call. And of course, instead, when you call for another one, they don't just send it straight to you. They send it through the resort again. And so there's a possibility that it that bus that just drove by the first time didn't even make it to stops three or four. You know, like it, it, it there were some days where it was just not working out. It literally felt like everyone at that resort was going to Magic Kingdom that day. Just had nothing to there's nothing you could have done. So let's let's uh, shift gears to kind of uh, what kinds of things or programming did they have or, or fun things for you guys to do while you're in the college program? Was it all work or do they actually have some special events or anything like that for the college program participants? Yeah. So at the at the, the apartments that we lived in, they obviously had pools weight rooms and stuff like that. They had different events that they held every week. They were doing welcome events for every new arrival week that showed up. And so I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I did what is called the fall advantage program. And so basically I showed up in May and I stayed the whole summer and then also did the fall semester. The fall program is just August through December. So I got that extra three months at the beginning of my program. And so while I was 
you know, going through my program, every time that they had new people show up that week, they would throw a party and you're able to go <laughs> whether you're arriving or not. And they would have pizza and characters. You could meet them and take pictures without, you know, being in your costume or stuff. Because when you're working in the parks, you get to see all of the fun stuff happening, but you don't get to really be a part of all the fun stuff happening. And so like, like they do special ticketed events, they would hold villains parties for us where all the villains in costumes would come out and we would get to have meet and greets with them. They did princess parties and they would do Pixar stuff. And we'd have all the Toy Story characters come out and they were different themed events like that. Um, and then they had what they call their big bash at the end of the year. So for, or for the end of the semester that was coming. So for the spring, what they would do is at the end of the spring semester, the end of the spring program, they would rent out and or just leave open Blizzard Beach or Typhoon Lagoon for only college program participants to go. And so you would do a 8 p.m. to maybe midnight or 1 a.m. where you just, you were the only, everyone in there was, you know, part of the spring college program and you got to just hang out. And, you know, it was a kind of like the H2O glow where they had glow in the dark and they had those the wristbands and stuff, everything that just glowed and, and stuff like that. So for the fall program, they would have the ballroom or one of the ballrooms at the Grand that they would rent out for the college program kids to use. And you would go and just have like a prom type thing, a winter formal where you got to dress up super nice and, and go you know dance with your friends. And that was again from like 8 to 1 a.m. and stuff. And so that was at the end. At the very, very end of every program, they had a graduation, which you get your Mickey diploma and it has that you graduated from the Disney College program and it has all these stuff on it. You get a little hat. It's got your name and the ears and a little tassel and they, they hold a little graduation and then a brunch right after for everyone in that program as well. So they had a lot of things in throughout. Um, they did movie nights and like movies by the pool and kind of like what they do at the resorts, different activities and stuff like that, that we got to do. So it was a lot of fun. What were the cool perks, Rebecca? Like what were the cool, like the, the special access, the cast member store, like, do they have a cast member bar? Like, like, like what are the perks, the stuff that we don't know about as the, as the common folk paying to, to go to the park? <laughs> they do not have a bar because most of the college program participants were under 21. Under 21. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they do have Cast Connections, which is, for anyone who doesn't know, a cast member like thrift store, basically. And so they would put merchandise that has you know been out for so long and is not selling. I've seen Spirit Jersey. I actually got my first Spirit Jersey there. Um, they'll even have, they have a grocery store. So you literally can buy Disney cast, Cosmic Rays chicken nuggets. At the, at the <laughs> Cast Connection store, you can buy the fruits that they put on the Africa carts and stuff. You know, if they don't sell while they're at Disney, they go to Cast Connections and they'll put bulk of, of a lot of stuff in there. Um, and then inside Cast Connections, they actually have a smaller store that is for things that are broken, missing pieces, stuff that are about 90% off that you can pins and things like that that don't have backs, you know, super simple stuff that you know, for 90% off as a cast member, you can, you can do that. And you're able to actually bring in a couple of your guests with you. So you can bring up the three people, I think, and the four of you guys can go in there and, and do it together. They don't have to be cast members. So, so if you know a cast member and you want to go to Cast Connections, you just need to, for them to have their blue eyes and to go on in. That's so fun. 
what was your park access when you weren't working? Like, do you get park like passes? Do they give you like an annual pass? What, how much can you go to the parks when, when you're not working, particularly because your, your job, your role was not inside one of the parks as opposed to like maybe custodial or, or one of the other jobs. And did people want to go to the parks when they weren't working? I guess that's the other question. <laughs> um, I had the opportunity to go every single day, whether I was working that day or not, whether I, if there was, there was no limit on, on to being able to go into the parks. So even after my shift, if I just wanted to stay, I could stay. I don't have, I never had to pay for tickets. I was actually, based on the amount of hours you worked throughout your program, you were actually given tickets, like guest passes to use. And so after, I think after 30 hours, you get three, after 60, you get three more. And then after 90, you get three more, but you're only allowed to have nine throughout your semester of your program. Gotcha. So that's like your family is visiting and you want to take them into the park for the day. The only time you were not allowed to go into the park is if you called off work for that day. So if you called in sick, you can't go play in the park, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> You'd be surprised. I'm not feeling well. Tron's opening. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Which was never really a problem for me because like I said, I was out by 1, 1 p.m. And so I never had to worry about, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to make it to, you know, opening or, you know, something like that. I was able... And I ended in Epcot. So if I wanted to go to Magic Kingdom, I would just hop on the monorail, head on over there or, or stuff like that. Did you have to change out of your, your costume before heading into the parks when you weren't working? The only thing you had to do was take off your name tag. If you weren't working, um, you just need to take your name tag off. You can wear your costume. I don't know why you would wear it. It's very, they're not the most comfortable. I was say, even if you had a name tag, people probably would be coming up to me like, you look like a cast member. Can you help me out? Yeah. I yeah. mean, you can imagine someone in an Africa gear is, is <laughs> walking through <laughs> Times Square, you know, and you're like, okay. But no, there were a lot of times like, so my first shift that I had ever, me and my, or after traditions, Traditions is like this big class that you go to to do all of your training. You learn about the four, now five keys. You learn about the different, how those are special. You get your name tag for the first time. You get your first set of ears. So Traditions is a lot of fun. After Traditions, you are allowed to go into the parks. You are officially a cast member. And that is like the one thing. That is the one thing that everyone does after the Traditions Day is barge into Magic Kingdom. You go in there and you watch Happily Ever After and you don't leave until everyone is in tears. <laughs> it's required as part of the program to go in and do that. And so sometimes we would show up in our business casual gear, you know, just for that one night because it was like, we're here for two hours. You know, what's the big deal? Like, we'll just go in and do it. Brian, to answer your question though, we went to the parts every week. You know, there were some days that like if I was working in the morning and my roommate was maybe working an afternoon shift, we, you know, it was just, it wouldn't work out. I never went to the parks by myself because I like to experience my memories with people, but me and my coworkers would go all the time. And even if we were just going to go to Epcot to grab lunch, or we're just going to go to Animal Kingdom just to ride Everest and then we're going to leave. Those were things that we were able to do because we had the park passes that allowed us to get in for free every time. You get free parking, you get free access to the parks, you just show up. 
Well, I need to take a pause in the action here to quickly thank our show sponsors over at Touring Plans Travel. As all of you know, we use Touring Plans Travel to book our own Disney cruise vacations. In fact, we just used them this week to book a trip on the Magic in January. That's right. We've added yet another cruise to our roster. But I love just being able to reach out to our travel planner there, ask her questions, get pricing, you know, email in if we want to book. She's got all our information on files. She knows our preferences. She steers us the right direction in terms of potential cruises. She even monitors cruise pricing for us on some of our cruises like Royal Caribbean and emails me and just lets me know, hey, the price dropped. I rebooked it. You've saved this amount of money. So I don't even have to think about it anymore. So we love the experience and expertise we get from our travel specialist over at Touring Plans Travel and know you will too. So head over to touringplans.com slash travel. If you do decide to book with them, please let them know the DCL Duo sent you to help support the show. And with that, back to our episode. What's life like behind a utilidor? Like, do, do you, <laughs> did you get to go behind the utilidors in the Magic Kingdom as a, as a cast member? And like, that's like the holy grail, I think, for Disney fans. Like, what's going on behind those doors? I won't <laughs> divulge too much information because the one thing they press to you about backstage is to not tell people who don't work what it is. When I tell you, though, that the second you go behind anything backstage, you don't feel like you're in Disney World anymore. That's the only <laughs> thing I'll say. You go from a lot of bright colors and, and magic and music to going backstage to just very basic manufacturing type things and stuff like that. But I can't dive into too much information and that will remain a secret for <laughs> people who are not cast. There's actually a tour I think you can do that will take you back there. Um, and they, But they limit it. You're right. They limit it to you have to be over a certain age because they don't want to ruin the magic for kids. Yeah. Through your traditions class, they do take you to the Utilidors and Magic Kingdom and you learn about... Magic Kingdom being on the second floor of whatever it's on, you know, because everything underneath is, you know, where the trash chutes are and how people, that's how cast members get to and from the different locations in Magic Kingdom. So you're not walking through Adventureland with your Fantasyland costume and stuff like that. But yeah, you can do the tour, but I'm still a cast member, so I would not like to, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I imagine it's a lot like when I when I worked on Capitol Hill, there's a whole underground city beneath the Capitol and all the office buildings up there. And yeah, it's, it's you know, there's a barbershop. There's, there's yeah. some restaurants yeah. and cafeterias. There's there's a woodworking a shop. Yeah. We have a yeah, yeah, yeah. The little subway. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the little one car subway. So I had a question about the training that you had to do before and how long of a train, I know you had to do traditions and that's for all of the new, both regular cast members and college program cast members. How long is the training that you do that's general? And then do you do also like job specific training? How long before they put you in a costume and let you interact with guests, I guess is my question. So after your traditions, that's the only general Disney training that they give you. That's about an eight-hour day. That class is eight hours and you get everything there is to know about the history of Disney and the company and, and what they're doing through moving forward, the most important aspects of Disney, the four keys and all of that stuff. Everything else is on the job training specific to whatever you have to do. And so for me, I got my costume on day one of my on-the-job training. You show up in your costume, you have this little, you have your name tag and then underneath it, you have a little red banner that says training on it or working towards getting your ears or something. Is yeah. Something earning my ears. Yes. Correct. You show up in your costume day one. And for me, it involved getting in a van with six other or everyone else that was training with me that week. Everyone else who had my arrival week, we just drove to different resorts. So the first day we drove to the Magic Kingdom resorts and we went through 
here's where the bus stop is. And we would get out. Here's where the break room is, where you guys will go. You can eat your food here, blah, blah, blah. And then we would go to the next one. So we did Fort Wilderness, Wilderness Lodge, Polynesian, Grand Floridian, and the Contemporary in one day. So you have a whole week of training on that fifth day. Don't get thrown out there by yourself yet. You are on the job. You go in and you do the role, but you're usually with one other training CP as well as a leader or a supervisor who's out there to just kind of make sure that you are giving the right information. It's very easy for anyone who has eyes to write down the bus number and look at a watch to know what time it came in. But you don't realize that like while the load zone is completely empty at Pop Century and you have lines forming in every single load zone, Disney Springs and both water parks, you have to walk back and forth, make sure that everyone's okay. So on that fifth day of training, you're more so not tracking the buses, but you're just focused on guest recovery, guest service, talking to people. You have to be a very personal person because you're, you're dealing with people who are starting their vacation and they're at the happiest they've ever been so far, right? This is the first thing that they're doing in the day and you know nothing has gone wrong yet. And so if they can, you can get them to the park and in five minutes that they've been out there, you know, you've done your job. Yeah. What's the craziest thing that happened during one of your work shifts? So I was at Orderlings Riverside South. That stop is so busy because it's the one by the lobby. And so they always have two people there. Me and my coworker are scanning buses like normal. And the highest peak time for people to come out was always around 8 a.m., right? Either early magic hours or the parks are opening at nine or something like that. And so they were always there at that time. We are allowed to have two buses back to back in that load zone and fill them up at the same time, even if they're they're going to the same park, different parks, whatever the case. Well, the bus behind the first one filled up first. And so it started to kind of pull out and was going to drive away. And it hits the bus in front of it. Once a bus crashes, it is not legally cannot move. There are guests on that one. There are guests in the bus in front of it. That bus has not been hit. It cannot move. We have two buses pulling in that don't know this has happened. And we have lines for Hollywood Studios, Magic It was literally a dumpster fire. As worse as things could be, (laughs) it was happening. And at that point, me, both my coworker, we dropped everything that we have. I pull up my phone, which allows me to give fast passes to the guests. And I go through my Magic Kingdom line. I go through my Hollywood Studios line. We had Reedy Creek officers there. We had everyone from bus transportation for all four parks that were there. Because it was literally as worse as it could, nobody can get around. Even the buses that are in line behind the two that have crashed, are they can't move just because it's such a tight window. So we've had to go. We've had to stop letting people get in line, first off. Stop letting the buses come through the resort. Backing buses up one by one having guests cross the parking lot to fill in a bus to leave. It was literally for about two and a half hours, the hardest I had ever worked for the company. And I was so thankful that I had been about six months in. I had never had this happen before. And so I was like, I felt very comfortable in my job at that point that I was able to you know, kind of handle it until it was over. Everyone left and it was over and I started crying so hard. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm not used to that much pressure. People are yelling and screaming. Kids are crying. The folks that everyone has folded their strollers up. So they're carrying babies and they've got bags and coolers and everything with them. And they're just so upset, rightfully so. 
And I you know, held it all in perfectly fine until I walk up to my leader after it was over. And I was like, can I go to the bathroom, please? Like trying not to just sob my eyes out. And he was like, take your time. You're doing fine. And so that, yeah, I spent almost the rest, not the rest of my shift, but I, I went to the bathroom probably for a good 30 minutes trying to cool down. And I came back out and they let us go home early <laughs> because it was just <laughs> such a stressful day for everyone there. Rebecca, here's my question. What's the funniest moment that you had to deal with as a cast member during the college program? I'm trying to think. I don't really remember. I remember like the saddest. <laughs> well, that's going I, a different direction, but keep going. <laughs> no, I was say, it's hard. It's hard. Like every day is, is different. Every day becomes like a magical experience. You know, if you have a day where you don't remember what the best part was, it was a good day. And so when I think about the things that happened on my program, that story, as well as the, the, the one saddest thing that has ever happened, those two are the ones that, that just stick out because I don't remember the, all the amazing times because most of it was amazing. And that sounds super cliche. And I know like as, you know, guests, people are like, oh, you know, magic is, you know, cast members make the magic. And it really, it is true. Every day that I was out there working where I didn't have something horribly wrong happen was, was a, a relatively magical day. And so funniest, I mean, some kids say some funniest stuff. I've, you know, <laughs> the kids are hilarious and then they're picking up lizards and stuff. And like one time I was at the Polynesian, there was a, a lizard like sitting, we have this bright yellow line on the sidewalk so people don't cross it for when the buses come in. And there's a, yellow, a lizard sitting on the yellow line and the bus is pulling in and it like walks a little bit beforehand. And I had been screaming so many times, please stay back behind the yellow line. Like for the bus to pull in, it won't move unless you're all behind the line. And a kid yelled out, the lizard's behind the line, like not behind the line. <laughs> and they're like, it's going to hit the lizard. And so everyone else is like, oh my gosh, get the lizard. And so my little clipboard, I like scoot it back so that it's behind <laughs> the yellow line so the bus can move in. What What did you, you know, the college program is is meant to be, I think, educational. What what was the thing that you learned through the college program that stuck with you the most? The thing that I learned the most, and this is coming from a cast member perspective, is that you don't know what else has happened in the day of a guest. So this is the first time you are seeing them. You don't know how many days they've been here. You don't know what has happened the day before, the morning of, what they have, why they're here. There's There's a whole bunch of reasons. Like that a day could be going any which way for a guest. And so the easiest thing that I've always had is to just just be patient, be personable. I've learned a lot about being able to just communicate with people. And, and really, I've learned how to, basically the golden rule, treat people how I would like to be treated, right? I've learned as a cast how to do that as, as in, in the Disney way, not just my own, you know, not just my own personality, but you, you do put on this, this mask of, of being a cast member, whether whatever you're going through goes out the window and you're so focused on, on making the guest day as, as best as it can be. And I, I'm not allowed to do a whole lot as, as a bus greeter, you know, I'm just tracking buses. I don't have fun facts. I don't have a lot of trivia stored in my memory, but I am able to just like talk to them and to know their story. And even as a cast member now, when I'm lifeguarding, I, I keep my eyes on the water to make sure nobody's, you know, getting hurt or anything, but I'm still able to communicate with guests and I'm throwing goggles at them across the, the lazy river because they left it on a tube or I'm 
oh, I really love your swimsuit. Where did you get it? And I'm not even looking at them as I'm talking, you know, like you just <laughs> figure out how in a Disney way to, to become personable to people. And, you know, when you notice things, I'm very much a, I've always been a, a people watcher. I love just, you know, watching people live and do things. And so every role that I've had, I've always been able to like see someone coming my way and notice something and, and, and just be super personal about it. I was one time at the Riviera right after it had opened where a, a child had gotten in trouble with their, between their parents. And, you know, she's sitting there sobbing her eyes out. Parents are not really paying attention to her that much because, you know, whatever she did, she got in trouble and, you know, deserves to, to feel a little bit of guilt for whatever had happened. And as quietly as I could, walked behind the parents to give her a sticker. And she, you know, I get down at her level. You, t- you learn about getting down on, on the child's level in one of your classes. And I get down on my knee and I hand her the sticker and I, you know, I rip off the back and I put it onto her and then I just walked away. And, you know, she put it on and she's not crying anymore. And so the parents, you know, and, and they're still mad at her. So when they get on the bus, they're like, come here, you know, and they get on. But she waves at me as, you know, as she's leaving and she has her sticker and she's not crying anymore. And it's those moments that like, I, I don't do that for, for the attention. I don't do that for recognition from anybody, but just because. I, I can do whatever I can to make everyone's day better. I don't know what she did. I don't know how she's feeling, but I can give her a sticker that has Moana on it. And, you know, and she stops crying. You know, nobody else got a sticker. You know, she feels in that moment, like better than what she was. And that's all that I was, I was focused on doing was making people feel better than how they were. Oh, I love that, Rebecca. Do you have advice for guests? I feel like, you know, sometimes there's some really great wisdom that comes from cast members that to the guests themselves. Like, do you have advice for guests on how they can have the best experience possible at the parks or interact with cast members in the best way? The best conversations that I've had with guests have always included when a guest becomes more interested in like in me and in my story. That sounds, you know, kind of selfish. Oh, you want to talk about yourself? No, it's it's more of a you know, we have our hometowns on our name tags for a reason. And I love when people ask, oh, you're from Houston. What part of Houston are you from? You know, I've met people that have literally lived a street down from my, from my house back in Houston just because they asked. And, you know, and I have gone back to that resort specifically because I want to see them again and I want to talk to them again. And it was funny that had happened to me once while I was at Saratoga. And then I went months later to Fort Wilderness and she was there again. No way. I'm not kidding. It was the same guest who had been, and and instead of being able to like, oh, where are you from? Like we didn't start over again. It was very much a, how have you been? You know, like you just- Welcome back. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And there were times where you would go to the same resort back to back. And instead of, you know, not being quiet, just being like, hey, so nice to see you again. Like just making kind of, kind of what I said, just trying their best to make our days better too. You don't know other guests that I may have had to deal with or how my personal day is going. And it's, it's really easy to kind of be like, oh, this, this cast member is here to, to make our days magical. Like very much so, you know, that's our work is all about, but it's super easy to make our days better as well by just being personal, doing, you know, asking the questions, talking to the cast members about their lives. It, it makes it that much better as a cast member to know that, that the guests are, are not just there for us to serve them, but they care about how we're doing as well. Speaking of which, cast compliments. What happens? 
Uh, you know, we, 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 we sometimes throw them up on Twitter. Like, do, do they ever make their way to the cast members or what, what does Disney do with those in reality? So there are two types of cast compliments. There are ones that you just, you know, you tweet or you hashtag to whoever the, the Disney cast Twitter account or whatever it is. Those do get sent to us if they're able to figure out who the actual person is. So if you just say the cast member at the Polynesian was really amazing, you know, they have no idea who you could have talked to. So it's really, that's why we have the hometowns and, and names. If you say Denise at the Polynesian front desk helped us out great this exactly. morning. Like they, yes, they do. Yeah, yeah, they get all the way to you. Um, and, and for my role specifically, they would print them out for us and they would announce them to everyone that works there at the end of the day. So if they got one that came in like the day before or the morning of, they would print them out for you and they would be like, they would read it out so that everyone knew. And then they'd be like, who do you think it was? Which cast member was it? Like who got the compliment? And, you know, we would try to guess and stuff. And so it was, it was a lot of fun. They do get to us and they're, it's really, it's nice. You know, you get received a cast compliment from giving that girl a sticker. Someone, you know, else from a different family had noticed it, that I had done that. And they felt the need to, to write, not even a tweet, but they wrote me this letter a handwritten letter to them, like, this is why cast members, you know, and, and like I said, I don't do that for the recognition, but it's just an amazing part of it. So they, every yeah, single one. It's nice feedback. I mean, then you know, like, cause you do it not knowing or not planning on being noticed, but then when it does get noticed, I'm sure that feels good. Yeah. Cause you, like I said, you don't, you don't know who's watching. You don't know what people are thinking when, when you're doing your job. And so while the bus is pulling up, I just ran and gave her a sticker real quick while her parents weren't looking. And, you know, she got on the bus and left. Someone was like, that was that was exactly how cast members you know, should be. And they felt like they should write a letter and stuff like that. But they, they as far as I know, they, they all get to us. And cast members are able to even do compliments to other cast members. We have this thing called a, or a grape soda, which is the little pin from, <laughs> um, up, from up. up. From up, yeah. And so we'll give other cast members grape sodas basically if they like I gave one to the cast member who helped me out at Riverside when the buses crashed and you know you do things like that like I could not have done that without you um and so there's always 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 recognition going on internally externally those cast compliments for me at least were always printed out I have them saved and and they're a lot of fun to get what have we uh what have we not covered about the college program Rebecca that you want folks to know about it really is the the craziest thing that I've ever done. I've ever been a part of. If you've ever had a college experience, that's probably the closest, like a living on campus college experience. That's probably the closest thing that I, I could resemble it to. Um, but it's not because not everyone you meet on a college campus is a Disney cast member, but everyone that you're meeting at the college program is a cast member on a, on a college campus type level. And so you imagine meeting all of these people from all over the world that have the same goal of creating magic and being personal people and wanting to help. And you make some of the most amazing friends. It's hard to describe without doing it, but it has become my biggest personality trait. <laughs> Every time I get the opportunity to talk to somebody, I'm like, well, when I started my CP and it's, you know, it's just <laughs> such a new experience that I really always, always, always recommend to people who just have a personal level of wanting to help people. That's probably the, the biggest thing you've got to want to to go out of your way to advocate for people and for change and, and stuff like that and to just be better than 
than any any other place in the world. Now, you decided to stay in Orlando. So was your original plan to go back to Houston? Was your plan, or were you kind of planning all along, oh, you know, I'll stay in Central Florida? How did that, how did that decision come about? I knew from the moment that I was accepted that I was not going to come back. I was going to stay in Florida. I had dreams of going to UCF to finish my, my college. It's exactly what I'm doing. Everything has, has really turned out the exact way that I had planned it from two years ago. And that's funny. Two years ago on the 20th is, is when my program was. And so it's funny that we're talking about, yeah, we just passed the oh anniversary goodness. of it. Um, but no, I'd always had this plan that I was going to, when I moved to Florida, that that was it. That's what I was doing. I went from my, from my college program straight into a part-time role with Disney. So I worked over in Hollywood studios at the quick service, ABC commissary. Um, and I did that for about two and a half months because then we close. <laughs> right. And then so COVID. My, yeah. Yeah. In February, I started at ABC and then March 15th was the last day. I actually worked the last day that the parks were open before everything shut down and then was furloughed and, and finally got called back after a year of, of waiting you know, for that opportunity to come back. So, so uh, what's next, Rebecca? You've got some school left to finish. You're working at the World currently at one of the water parks. What, what's, what's next for you? I am set to graduate from UCF in December. So I'm applying for graduation next month. We'll finally have my bachelor's degree all figured out. As of right now, career-wise, I have been gaining experience with the second job as a substitute teacher at a school, at a charter school in my area. Because my degree is going to be in education, I will get my certification and become a teacher. My ultimate, ultimate goal is to come back to Disney as a recruiter or someone who works in the college program, funnily enough. And basically, because those people were the ones who changed my life so drastically, they've been the people that have always advocated for me being able to to follow my dreams. I would love to do that for for someone else my age who else is you know going to do the program or whatnot. Awesome. Well, that's great. Well, one, I can a hundred percent see you as a teacher uh, or some kind of trainer at um you know at Disney to train people in new roles. Maybe I'll work at Disney University. You never know. There's so many opportunities there and Disney loves to internally help their cast members move on up. And so that's why keeping my employment with the company as long as I can is is, is what I'm aimed at. So if I'm able to move it into a full-time position or a corporate position, that is ultimately what I would I would love to turn it to. So Well, Rebecca, it's been fabulous learning about the college program this evening. I think we've reached that point in our show where I'm gonna throw it to Samantha for rapid fire. So Sam, you wanna take it away? Yeah. So Rebecca, you already know the drill, but rapid fire is where we ask you your Disney favorites. Because we've been talking about your experience in the college program, this is going to be a parks focus rather than cruise line focus rapid fire. So, the, But the first three questions are just general Disney favorites. So what is your favorite Disney or Pixar movie? Tangled, 100%. Oh, <laughs> what is your favorite Disney or Pixar character? Pascal. <laughs> I love I'm Pascal. a sucker for the sidekick. I love it. What is your favorite Disney song? Probably I See the Light or When Will My Life Begin? <laughs> Both from Tangles. I love it. Uh, what's your favorite Disney park? I'm probably going to have to say ooh, Epcot. I have a very soft spot for the festivals and the food and the music there and my home park. So, What is your favorite land at any of the parks? Probably Pandora. 
I think it's the most inclusive or themed well. And Flight of Passage is obviously amazing. Satouli is amazing. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> I have to agree with you on both of those. Favorite classic ride or attraction? And classic ride can be how you define classic because the next question I'll ask is about favorite modern ride or attraction. So favorite classic ride or attraction? Um, I'm going to say Tower of Terror at Hollywood Studios because I'm a sucker for scary movies and anything horror related. And the feeling in your stomach just from going up and down is, is probably one of my favorites as well. Yeah, it's super fun. Favorite modern ride or attraction? So my favorite modern ride is definitely Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, um, and especially the conga scene with Daisy. <laughs> All right, this is kind of a controversial question, but your favorite Disney snack? Um, I'm a sucker for some a pretzel, some cheese. There's, there's the doughy thick pretzel. So good. I'll not, take the fake the- cheese. Not the cream cheese one, right? The other one oh, you dip no, no, in it. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. And I, I rip the salt off too. I just like the taste of the bread from the pretzel and that's it. <laughs> Favorite souvenir. Now this could be something you collect or it could be just an individual souvenir that you that you love. I, I love getting ears. I don't get a lot of them because I, I have a very specific style that I really like to wear, but I love the ears that I do have and the ones that I collect. So, And a memorable moment. From Disney Parks. Willie and I had our first date at Epcot. Oh, and that's we cute. sat there and watched the fireworks together. And it has, has just become the living with the land is one of our favorites. And it was, yeah, I'm going to say that. Leave the, all the rest of it inside. But yeah, our first date. Oh, that's so cute. Love it. Nice, nice. Well, Rebecca, it has been an absolute blast hearing about your experience with the college program. We love having you and Willie on and had you on several times when we release the show. There may be a few of your episodes out already. So (laughs) love having you both on. And as we said up front, you can catch Sam and Rebecca on the Plus Platoon weekly talking about Disney Plus shows. And it's it's a blast to watch. So thank you so much, Rebecca, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Well, some great words of wisdom there from Rebecca throughout the show, I think. And I really love the point she made around the fact that cast members love it when you engage with them and you show interest in them and don't treat them just like they're there to serve you, you know, and ultimately that is their job and they understand that. But it's always nice to humanize them and, and you know, have a good interaction with them. We heard that from Josh earlier this week on our show about his interactions with cast members aboard the cruise line. It's something we practice when we're on board the cruise line. We love to learn about the cast members and the staff and frankly, talking to many of you out there in the community. I know you do too, but always nice to take that extra moment just to ask them about their lives and their backgrounds and get to know them a little bit better. I find that uh, it makes them want to make your day even more magical. So love having Rebecca on. We've had Rebecca and Willie on now a few times. We've got another show coming out with them about a fabulous eight night cruise they just got off of. And we are looking forward to sailing with them aboard the Wish next year, if not sooner. So with that, I do have another five star review I wanted to read on the air this week from Apple Podcasts. This one comes from Florida Kiddo 2009, I believe it is. And uh, they write, great info if you have kids. They always have some helpful tips and hints that are helpful when you have kids. It's totally appreciated because people take the info for granted, so it's easy to overlook mentioning it. They do a great job including it in the podcast. Well, 
we are parents ourselves and so we totally get it we love to highlight some of the stuff that they have for kids on board and so we will keep doing that as well as uh, some of the fabulous things they have for adults on board because that's also a favorite of ours but yes thank you so much for providing the feedback we really really appreciate it with that i do want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening this week please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the dcl duo each week please also head over to apple Podcasts, leave us those five-star reviews we love reading them on the air each week and getting your feedback it keeps us motivated to produce the show. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, just email us at dclduo at gmail.com. We've had lots of people reaching out. We love answering listener questions and taking listener feedback. We also find a lot of times there are listeners out there who make great guests. So reach out to us, dclduo at gmail.com. Or you can also reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also join the DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. Or you can head over to youtube.com slash dclduo for even more great content. If you'd like to help support the show, be sure to head over to touringplans.com slash travel to book your next vacation. Just let them know the DCL Duo sent you. Or you can browse to patreon.com slash dclduo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. It really does help us defray the costs of this show each and every month. We make no money off this show. In fact, we lose money just about every month. So this is a labor of love for us, and we're happy to do it for the community out there. But uh, it sure does help us out if you can support the show. The DCL Duo podcast and blog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on this show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.